these Brahma-vihara practices that we've been exploring in these afternoons. are a, what we call a reflective practice or contemplative practice. Using thought, skillful thought, to incline the mind in the direction of a particular quality of mind. the cultivation of the quality of mind happens here in our own hearts even as we express these thoughts, these wishes for others. And so with metta we express the wish, may you be happy, may you be healthy, safe, at ease. Those thoughts are, we could say, the kind of thoughts uh, an open heart would naturally, spontaneously wish for, for others. And it kind of helps the mind to begin to potentially resonate with that quality and to recognize when those wishes, those expressions, those thoughts create a rub as we're expressing those wishes that sometimes can create the rub of the quality's opposite aversion or a sticky kind of attachment. And so through that process, we are beginning to see what's in the way of that wholesome quality and maybe beginning to taste and to feel that wholesome quality in our hearts. These practices in these afternoons are also really looking at the relational our relationships with other beings, consciously turning towards relationship. In our mindfulness practice, we are more exploring what's happening, what's arising internally for ourselves. Whatever's happening, we we look at that side of it. And so this is a, a kind of a, it's a different form of practice where we're consciously, actively turning towards specific relationships, relationships with different groups or categories of people, beings, and noticing what happens in our hearts as we express or explore the relationships of love, of compassion, of sympathetic joy, and of equanimity. And 
And so in relationship, we're kind of expanding our our practice to not only look at what's in here, but how are we in relationship, directly looking at the relational. And the practices are really designed to support the flourishing of the quality in our own hearts. And so we practice metta practice not to hope everybody else feels metta, not to hope everybody else feels compassion, but so that we that that quality can grow internally. Often we say when we're doing a metta practice, for example, I'm sending this person metta sending them goodwill, sending them that expression or that wish. And we begin to actually be able to send that metta or to express that metta when we really can start to feel it. The the wishes, the phrases are maybe what we could say the vehicle for the heart quality to begin to flow. In the first three Brahma Viharas, the phrases are something like a wish for someone else to have ease, peace, safety, happiness in their lives in metta, a wish for them to be free from suffering in compassion, a wish for, it's phrased in that way, may you be happy, may you be free from suffering. May your happiness continue for the mudita practice. In the equanimity practice, it's not like we're wishing. It's the, it doesn't. It, the phrase is a little different, and so I wanted to kind of speak to that a little bit. We're not saying, "May you have equanimity." We are expressing the wisdom in relationship that supports our heart to have equanimity in the relationship. And so the phrase as Bonte, the phrase as Bonte pointed to yesterday is a reflection on Wisdom, reflection on the teaching of karma, that we all have our own capacity to have agency in our lives to make choices, and that when we make choices based out of skillful, wholesome qualities of mind, it tends us in the direction of happiness. If we make choices based out of confusion, greed, aversion, it tends to create more confusion, greed, aversion in our hearts and minds and actually puts that 
confusion, greed, and aversion into the world and creates more stress and suffering. And so the the equanimity phrase is a reflection on that understanding for another being. You are the owner of your karma. Your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your choices and actions, not upon my wishes for you. And so it really is kind of touching into, in that relational field, as people, beings, engage in ways that create stress and suffering, that they're the ones that actually, um, they, they live those consequences. Others may also be in the way of living those consequences. That those actions often do have ripple effects out. For people with whom we are closer, I think I've not had children myself, but talking to people who have explored this with children, you know, as they grow into teenage years and adult years, this expression of this wish or this expression of this wisdom You are the owner of your karma. Your happiness and unhappiness depend upon your choices, not upon what I wish for you. This brings up a lot for parents. It's a lot about the letting go of control and letting another being find their own way in this world. We can perhaps also, too, reflect that in offering this as an expression of wisdom in terms of the relationship, it would be useful or nice if people understood this truth, understood this wisdom. Because the understanding of this wisdom does move us in the direction of letting go of acting out of confusion and hatred and greed. And yet our equanimity practice isn't about trying to control somebody else's actions. It's about recognizing that truth of 
We each make our own choices. And in, in terms of working with a difficult person, I think the challenge there often is that the happiness or unhappiness, with this expression of this wish, this phrase, your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your actions, not upon my wishes for you. It also feels and is the case that not only not only do an in, one individual's uh, happiness or unhappiness depend upon their actions, but very often the ripple effect of unskillful actions harms other beings. And so it creates often that sense of it shouldn't be this way in our hearts. It should not be that one person can do such damage to so many people. And yet there is some way that our hearts, as Winnie was talking about last night, this is really where we come back to our own how are we internally. We don't have to perpetuate hatred with hatred. When we can have a mind that is balanced rather than reactive around what other people do, how other people engage. It frees up energy to allow us to act skillfully, to perhaps take some action, try to do something to step in the way of the harm that's being created. And so as Winnie talked about last night, this quality of equanimity, we so often misunderstand it as being non-action, that, well, if I was okay with things as they are, why would I do anything? But that's not the way it works, actually. When our heart is open when we witness actions that create harm, wisdom, compassion, want to act to alleviate that suffering. And equanimity allows the mind to not be flailing about in taking that action and then to not be adding more hatred to the situation. Here's a quote about equanimity from Nyanaponikatera. Equanimity is a perfect, unshakable balance of mind rooted in insight 
but in its perfection and unshakable nature, equanimity is not dull, heartless, and frigid. Its perfection is not due to an emotional emptiness, but to a fullness of understanding, to its being complete in itself. Its unshakable nature is not the immovability of a dead, cold stone, but the manifestation of the highest strength. And I would say that unshakability is a foundation from which skillful action can spring. In this formal equanimity practice that we'll be doing that Bhante introduced yesterday, we typically start with a neutral person, someone for whom there's not a lot of relationship. We don't know much about them. That's the place where it's easiest to kind of hold that balance of mind. And then moving to a benefactor, a dear friend, and then a difficult person. It is said in the commentaries, my understanding is it's the self is the hardest to wish that balance of mind for, to have that sense of equanimity for. And I would say that what we're doing, as Winnie pointed out, what we are doing in our Vipassana practice, our mindfulness practice is an equanimity practice. We are cultivating that capacity to have equanimity for whatever arises in our hearts and minds. So allowing yourself to find a posture that feels easeful, comfortable, and the attention, allowing the attention to just take in how you are in this moment. Can there be a sense of allowing how you are to be just as you are. What we've been doing in the mindfulness practice. And perhaps begin by recollecting or reflecting on how helpful it is, what the benefit of a mind that is balanced and non-reactive is for the world, is for relationship, is for the planet. It's maybe appreciating the capacity or the possibility of that, even if we're not really feeling it, just bringing to mind the value of that non-reactivity, of that balance of mind, perhaps sensing into what a gift it would be 
can be to bring a peaceful heart into our relationships, into the world. Perhaps you can touch into even just a little bit from that reflection of the value. Maybe you can taste just a little bit a sense of okayness. And we'll begin with bringing a person to mind, a neutral person, perhaps a person you've been working with over these weeks as a neutral person. Bringing that person into mind. And expressing or connecting to these phrases of wisdom. I'll offer a few different ones, much as Bonte did yesterday. You're the owner of your karma. Your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your actions and choices, not upon my wishes for you. or another flavor. I care for you, but cannot make your choices for you. Or another flavor. I wish you happiness and ease and understand that your journey is your own. In connecting with these expressions of wisdom, these thoughts of wisdom, and holding this person in mind. This is not simply a mental exercise, expressing that phrase of wisdom in connection with that person. Take some time to feel with mindfulness how it lands in your heart, in your system, to express that wisdom. I care for you, but I cannot make your choices for you.
At times there may be an okayness with the neutral person perhaps, a sense of, that feels resonant, feels like there's an alignment with that. That may be just the kind of beginning flavor of equanimity in relationship to that being, that person. With the neutral person, there also might be a little bit of a sense of, well, do I really care about this person? And so maybe a tiny bit of just disconnection. And so noticing that, not to judge ourselves for what our relationship is to this wisdom. The job of the wisdom is to draw out its opposite, where we are in a rub with it. And so if you feel any kind of resistance or clinging or holding or pushing, that too, that too can be there. Connect with the being. Express the wisdom phrase and feel how it lands with mindfulness to make that wish. And allowing yourself to bring a benefactor, someone who, for whom it's easy to connect with, without a complicated relationship, but a deep sense of care. And connecting to the expression of wisdom. You're the owner of your karma. Your happiness and unhappiness depend upon your actions and choices, not upon my wishes for you. And again, reflecting, touching into how it feels 
to express that in relationship to this being, holding this being in your mind and this expression of this wisdom. It may feel different than with the neutral person. Feeling into how it, how it is. Connect to the being. Express the wisdom and feel how it lands. Perhaps bowing to your benefactor internally and then letting go and bringing a dear friend into your heart. Really in this period we're just going to get a flavor with each being of perhaps some of the differences, some of the places of stickiness that happen as we explore expressing this wish for different beings. And so bringing 
a dear friend into mind. Bringing the relationship into mind here, really, where there's closer connection. I sometimes would just envision as if I was really sitting right in front of that person, the feeling of that. And then, I wish you happiness, but I can't make your choices for you. How does that feel to express that wish for this dear friend? Or dear one, perhaps, a dear one in your life. Maybe a relation rather than a friend. If there's a struggle or a difficulty, a strong kind of difficulty that comes up, sometimes additional wisdom reflections around just the vastness of change and the uncontrollable nature of experience and the conditioned nature of experience for all of us might support a little more space to hold what arises in relationship to the dear one. And sometimes in this exploration, especially with those we are closer to, the realities of the relationship, what's actually going on in their lives can kind of bubble up. And it may be that there's particular suffering or particular happiness that are happening for somebody. And so sometimes the flavor of the heart in making this wish can begin to shade towards compassion, metta, or sympathetic joy. And that's okay. All four of these Brahma-viharas really connect as the heart opens with this equanimity. Connecting with a dear one. I care for you, and I understand you have your own journey.
perhaps acknowledging, bowing internally to your dear one, thanking them for this participation and letting your mind connect with someone for whom there's a little bit of rub, a being with whom there's a challenge or difficulty. Seeing if there can be a sense of connection and an expression of the wish. You are the owner of your karma. Your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your choices and actions, not upon my wishes for you. And again, feeling into how it feels internally in your heart to express this wish. Sometimes there can be, with a difficult person, a little bit of a tone in offering this phrase of a little bit of blame or judgment. Just noticing that if that happens. Exploring the possibility of a little more neutrality there and expressing it as wisdom. And as with other Brahma-vihara practices, if one particular being is too triggering, let go of that being. Connect again to a place where it's a little easier Letting go of this person or being. And letting yourself connect with yourself. Perhaps just in the experience of sitting here. 
being with yourself. And connecting with this expression of wisdom in relationship to yourself. I too am the owner of my karma. My choices and actions shape the unfolding of my journey. My happiness or unhappiness depends upon my choices and actions. And feeling into how that lands to make that wish. And for the last minute together, connecting to the wider world, all beings are the owners of their karma. Their happiness or unhappiness depends upon their choices and actions, not upon my wishes. May the goodness of our intention towards wisdom be a condition for the happiness, well-being, and freedom of all beings everywhere. May our wholesome actions, wholesome movements of heart and mind, ripple out and touch all in the world. May all beings know peace. Thank you for your willingness to explore this equanimity practice for this entire month 
or two months, having been here for a month or two, really exploring this possibility of a heart of peace. As when he said last night, the fact that you're even in this room is an amazing thing. The heart of goodness. There's so much goodness in this room. So much. Let yourself soak it in. Soak in your own goodness. And the goodness of this field. May it serve the planet. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.